You know, several years ago, I, um, I was walking through the foyer here, and, um, and these three ladies, it was just in the middle of the week, and these three ladies walked in the door, and I, I just happened to run into them as they walked in, and they said, um, could, you, uh, could you show us around? And so I said, sure, I showed them around our church and talked through kind of what, uh, what's going on, what the Lord's doing, and I'd only been here a couple of years. And, um, and they just stood there and cried, stood there and cried. And I was like, are you okay? <laughs> and, and, uh, and they said, yeah, um, they said, um, we're here because our dad just died. And um, we come back to town, back to Tulsa, and, and, and they said, um, my dad, they said, my dad was one of the, the preachers who helped First Baptist Sperry start this church in Owasso in 1947. And they said, my, my, my dad would come over and, and preach, and, uh, and, and they said, it's amazing to sit back and look at what God has done. On November 23rd, 1947, um, a group of people started a church here. And outside of Carl Worley and Earl Spicklemeyer sitting down here, uh, this didn't begin with us. And, and it, it, God started a work here. Uh, and, and it didn't begin with us. And, and the truth is, if we do our job, if we, if we follow the Lord like we're supposed to, it won't end with us. And until Jesus returns, God will continue his work here in, a, in an incredible way. And, and, and I want you to know, it's, it's amazing as you think about the history of our church, because um, in, in 1947, our church started in a tent uh, November 23rd. It's cold in a tent. I have a picture of, of our tent uh, that, that we started in. And, 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 and you know, these people uh, would come, and, and it, was, it was so incredible in those first days. They, they, they put this tent up kind of on a hill at the bottom of the hill, and when it would rain, they would have to pick up their feet because water would rush down. I mean, can you imagine going to church like that? And, and they, they were so brave, and it was really cool. And and, uh, and, and then, in spite of those challenges, in the early years of 1949, uh, these folks built a building on land donated. They built it debt-free for $7,500, built the whole building, $7,500. And it was this kind of a Kwanzaa hut. And at that point, it was one of the nicest buildings in the whole city, in the whole town. And it's interesting when you, when you think about what, was, what God was doing. Now, I wanted to give you a little history of Owasso. You may not know this. You know, Owasso means end of the trail. And, and that was a fitting name for this town because it was like when you got to Owasso, you were, you were hitting the end of the trail, okay, out of Tulsa. This was this small dairy farm. All these were dairy farms. That's why our shopping center is called Smith Farm Market because that was a dairy farm uh, right over there. Highway 169 wasn't here. This was the end of civilization in many ways. This was the end of the trail. And a group of people said, we're gonna build a church here. And, and you know, God has been faithful over the years our, 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 to send incredible leaders, incredible staff here. And, and um, um, 
you know, in, in 1947, our first pastor was, a, um, was an incredible leader. Lloyd Fortune was his name, and, and he was the first pastor, and, and he came here and started this work as the first full-time pastor. And then, and then God began to send more leaders, incredible leaders here. There was a, uh, in 1972, Brother Dale Blackwood came. And, and, you know, God really used Dale in an incredible way to kind of help. That, that's when the community of Owasso was starting to grow, and God was using Dale. He, he was a visionary leader, still is. Do you know he's still a member of our church? Uh, he's actually sitting right back there. Brother Dale, can I embarrass you and have you stand up right there? Right back there. So... You know, it was so amazing last Sunday, Easter Sunday, he prayed over me before I got to come up and preach. And I'm so grateful that his voice, he pastored here for 25 years. And, and, and God used him to, I, it was so funny because he was like, yeah, we, we said, let's buy this, let's move the church outside of town. So they bought this land on 86th Street right outside of town. Um, and um, <clears throat> you know it as El Tequila right now. If you've been, now uh, I want to encourage you, next time you go to El Tequila as you're standing waiting for a table and you're right by the fountain, I want you to look up and you can still see the inputs for our choir mics, you know, right in El Tequila. But um, Brother Dale led our church to relocate because he saw a vision that Owasso was growing. So he led us to the edge of town on 86th Street and the church began to grow. And, and, then, um, and then in the early 90s, uh, Dr. Roger Ferguson came here and, and he began to lead and the community began to grow and God began to move. And, 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 and at that point, Brother Roger led, wisely led the church to move outside of town again right here where we sit. And the Lord has been faithful to move us and to call us and to lead us and, and, and I'll tell you, I want to say again, as we watch the Lord continue to work, I want you to recognize that God began a work here. It didn't start with us. But God has entrusted us. He's entrusted you and I with the work of God in this place. To, to reach out to a community that needs to know Jesus. Now, um, this morning, as Chad said, we, oh, this is cool too, I just wanna show you. I have, this is the first uh, meeting that our church had, and I have the list of the first members who signed up and said, hey, I'm gonna be a member of this church. Isn't that cool? God began something here. And I'll tell you, I'm grateful for the calling to be in this place. And as, as, as God has drawn incredible staff members here and incredible leaders here, the Lord has, get, has entrusted us with this work, and it's our job to continue to build a church that, that understands the word of God, that, that is on mission for Christ in this city, in this place. To, and, and, and out of this place, God is using us not only to impact Skyatook and Ulaga and Collinsville, Owasso, um, Sperry, Katusa, but Tulsa and the Oklahoma and the world. And that's our calling. 
And, and we are called to, to do this. Now this morning, as Chad said, we, we are we're going back into the book of James and processing what the Lord is, how the Lord has moved in us and growing us and, and, and helping us walk with him. But this morning, there's a message on my heart and I wanna share with you. And we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna start James next week, but I want you to turn to the book of 2 Thessalonians. And we're going to look at chapter 3 in 2 Thessalonians. Now, to understand the context, we're not going to go through all the context of these two books that Paul wrote, but, but this is one of the pastoral letters, and it was written to a church in Thessalonica. And it's important that we understand a little bit of the context of what's going on. Thessalonica, um, uh, Thessalonians are these two letters that Paul wrote. And, and, and now, even though they were addressed to the church at Thessalonica, uh, which in Asia Minor, they, they were passed around to churches all over. And, and historically, what God has done is, is he's continued to pass these letters to churches because his word speaks to us even today. And it's cool to see how the word of God makes so much sense in our lives that here we are in 2016 and we can still understand this letter that God wrote, that God inspired, that is the inerrant word of God to churches. And this morning, I pray that we hear this message, not just to the church of Thessalonica, but to the church at First Owasso. Now, we have this habit, we stand in honor of reading God's word. So would you stand with me as we look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5 today. It says this, Paul writes at the end of this letter, finally, brothers, Pray for us that the Lord's message may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and guard you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do what we command May the Lord direct your hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. And this is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Now, now today, we're, we're not going to walk through this entire book, but I think there's some things that we need to understand as we look at this passage of Scripture. Now, now in the church at Thessalonica, God was moving in some big ways. Um, that was a rough place. Thessalonica was a rough place. If you've studied those two letters, there, there's a lot going on in this church. Now, first of all, you see that, that God was moving in some big ways. Lives were being changed in the early church. They, I mean, people were coming to faith in Christ. They were like, look, they're, they're starting to see who God is. They're starting to understand what God has done, what Jesus did on the cross. Word was spreading. People were trusting in Christ. Now, um, there was some opposition that the church was facing. Some opposition were, were from people that didn't believe in Jesus. And they were just opposing the work of God, which always happens. When God is at work, there, are, there is opposition that comes our way. Now, there was some opposition for, from, uh, like in the church at Thessalonica, like many churches in the, in, the, in the first century, which is what's going on today, there were incredible moral dilemmas. There was a moral struggle. There was, there was a lot of immorality going on. And so Paul was helping the church understand that, look, you've got to put those things away from you. 
These moral issues were complex. And there was some opposition in this church from people that knew Jesus. But, but honestly, they were just setting bad examples. That they weren't following what they knew to be true. Now, this is what's going on. And, and, and though we're not going to go into the details, I want us to look at, at verse 1 here. He's, Paul is praying. He says, finally, brothers... Pray for us that the Lord's message may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. Now, in Thessalonica, they were seeing the message of Christ was spreading rapidly. People were being saved. Now, what's uh, amazing about that, they were saying, and Paul writes, he was, this was an answer to God's pr to prayers. They were praying. Now, you know what? That's what we've been doing. Over the last several months, even last Christmas, before Christmas, we were praying for people to come to know Christ. We're praying for our friends. Over throughout the Easter season, we, we had passed out prayer bracelets. We were praying for people to come to know the Lord. Do you know what we get to do today? At the end of our second service, we are seeing over 30 people come to be baptized today. Isn't that all? Yeah, that's amazing. That's a moment that, that, that you see Paul saying, pray that the, the, the word of the Lord spreads. We pray that the word of the Lord spreads everywhere. And, and I want us to just pause for a moment today and recognize that, that God has answered our prayer. Um, and, and we're going to see people follow Christ in baptism today. And I want you to know something about that. Maybe you're here today and you've not been baptized. You've not followed the Lord. Maybe you, were, um, you, were, you made some decision as a child, but you know that as an adult you were, you were saved and you've not yet followed Christ in baptism like you know you need to. Do you know that we're ready for you today? Even if you've come today not plan, planning on being baptized, we are ready for you. You could be baptized today. You could do it. I want you to know that. But it's incredible as you see what, what God has done in our church. And, and, it's, and, and now, now it's important that Paul is praying that, that, look at this, the Lord's message may spread rapidly and be honored because he was like, look, we pray that the message spreads, but we would also put your word into practice. And he prays that, that this is a continual journey. Now, we have this responsibility as a church to continue the work of God here. We've got to be on mission. We've got to stay on task. Now, here's how we say it. And, and, and I've got it. If you have your notes, I'd love for you to follow along. But, but, but we say it like this, that our mission, that our church is here to love all people to Christ, equipping them on their journey with God and one another. That we believe God has called us, and let's think about this for a minute, to love all people to Christ. You know, we're not going to argue people to Christ. We're not going to necessarily reason people to Christ. We're not going to um, yell at people and they'll come to Christ. But I'll tell you, we're called to love all people to Christ as we love people around us, as we, as we reach out to our neighbors, as we're hospitable, as we, as we speak the truth of God's word, as, as we honor him, that's showing, that we're, that's showing people God's love to all that we meet. It's important. And, 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 and you know, 
it's, it's incredible as we embrace this passion. And I pray for us as a church that, that we continue to have a passion for the souls of men, that we have a passion for people who don't know Christ, that we notice people, and, 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 and that, we, that we walk with God. Because as we, as we love people, what that is doing, it's showing the world who Jesus is and what he's done. That's like 1 Peter 3.15. I want you to see this verse. It says, it says, Peter writes this. He says, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And, and Peter tells us that when you love people, when you walk with God, when you put God's word into practice, that those around us are gonna look at us and go, what is it that you have? Why are you different? You know, we're, we're about to, in, in next fall, we're gonna ordain three men as deacons in the life of our church. One of those men, young, young man in the life of our church, um, it, it's been amazing to watch him over the last few months. He is, he is one of the casualties of our economy. He's lost his job around us. And as Nick Hamilton was going through that journey at his work, there were lots of people losing their job. But Nick was like, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Wasn't easy. Hasn't, still not easy. But, but those coworkers were like, Whoa, man, what, how can you face this with peace? And people were asking about the hope that he has. I, I've heard from uh, several different sources of people going, man, God's really using Nick through this journey. And see, that's what it looks like when we walk with Christ, when we love people to Christ. The, the Peter says that, that, that God is going to use us, that even a lost world is going to go, why do you do this? Who are you? What drives you? I want you to see this purpose statement. Again, our church is here to love all people to Christ. Then look, equipping them on their journey with God and one another. That, that, that once we come to Jesus, that's just the beginning. And we begin to, it's important for us to, as a church to make sure that we are equipping one another. That we are growing up in our faith. And, and, and it's not just about coming to Jesus and being baptized. It's then continuing the journey of spiritual growth. And this is why as a church we are focused on turning our attention to the word of God and allowing God to grow us up. And we, we, we are pressing on to being mature followers of Jesus where we understand the word of God. We put it into practice. We know what it says. This is why as a pastor I'm, I have a goal. Every time I preach, within five minutes we're gonna be in the Bible. I'm not just gonna stand up and just throw out some advice to you. We're going to turn our face to what God's word says so we can understand how God wants us to live. And we are living in this accountable relationship that we are equipping one another on our journey with God. That we're understanding how God, what God's word says, how to put it into our lives. We're also equipping one another on our journey with each other. That we're learning how to love one another, forgive one another, help one another. And so I want us to see the mission that God, I believe God has called us to, that, that, that we're on this, this we, we have this call to love a world to Christ, love people to Christ, to equip one another on our journey with God, 
to equip one another on our journey with each other. This is my prayer. And now look at verse two in 2 Thessalonians. And Paul writes, he says, I'm praying that the Lord's message is, is spreads, that, that we honor the word of the Lord, verse two, and that we may, we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. Now notice that Paul prays this. He, he warns us here that, that watch out for opposition. When God moves, there's gonna be opposition and, and, and we have to be, understand spiritual attacks are gonna come our way. And, and in Thessalonica, in this, and if you study these two letters, you see opposition coming from outside. You also see opposition coming from inside. That we, in times that, on a day that we're, we're seeing 32 people baptized at least today, we're, we're, we've got to be careful that Satan will come against us. Because the enemy doesn't like what's going on in our church. It's like a, a really great verse to memorize. I want to challenge you to put this to memory in your heart. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 10, starting in verse 12, it says this. It says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful so that you do not fall. Great piece of advice. That as, as we look at, at what God is doing, and when you think you're firm, that's when you got to be careful. Because we've got to recognize, look, this is a work of God here. Not a work of man, okay? And so we go, Lord, you have done this. You have moved. We praise you today. And then he says, for no temptation has seized you or has overtaken you, some translations. No, no temptation has overtaken you or seized you except what is common to man and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. That every temptation that comes our way, God provides the strength and the path to overcome it. And I love it. And, and so, so Paul's praying, though. He goes, look, we got to watch out for wicked and evil men. Look, look at the end of verse 2. Why is this important? Why should we be careful that we don't fall? Why should we be aware of temptation, aware of the, of the path to fall into sin or to disobey or to fight with one another or to, to, to not forgive one another? Why do we have to be careful with that? Verse 2, Paul, Paul writes, he says, look, not all have faith. Not all people have faith. Now it's easy right here. Paul is saying to this church, look, God is moving and it's spreading rapidly, but I want you to understand there is still incredible work to do. And I pray we see that. There's incredible work to do. Now I know that I hear people all the time that move to Owasso and they go, man, there's like a church every two miles, right? Do you ever think that? Which church do I try? Oh my goodness, it's everywhere. And people are moving here to start new churches. And people are like, are you kidding me? You need more? Yes. Do you know that it's easy to be lulled into that idea that everybody around us goes to, goes to church. Everyone around us knows Jesus. And Paul is very clearly saying, look, not all have faith. And I want you to see that and know that, that, that not everybody has faith, that, that, that everywhere around us, God has put us, strategically planted us in the lives of people that don't know him, that don't have a faith in Christ. Not only are people around us not going to church, but sadly, there are many around us who don't have faith. 
And I pray that we see them. I pray that we, we are burdened for that, and we're broken for that. Now look at the last three verses in 2 Thessalonians. He says this, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and guard you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do what we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. Now, now I want you to see this. Let's, let's, let's focus here for just a few minutes. Here's what I believe God is doing in us and how God is preparing us, like Paul said, to, to, uh, to strengthen us, to guard our hearts, guard us from the evil one, to give us confidence in the Lord, to, to, um, to, to follow his word, follow what his word says, that he directs our love, our hearts into God's love and Christ's endurance. The endurance for the work that is ahead of us. Because there is incredible work ahead of us. Now here's what this means. If we're going to follow through and continue the work here that started in 1947 and not just stay the same, but look forward, move forward as a church. And first of all, we've got to be people that are passionate about worshiping God with focus and passion. And I want you to see that today, that, that we are a group of people that decide we will worship you, Lord, with focus and with passion. This is, this is corporately. As, as we come together, we're, we're worshiping the Lord. And it's obvious who we worship. We're worshiping him. We're understanding his word. Like, like the Lent season, if you participated in the, in the Bible study through Lent, we were, we were processing this idea that, Lord, you are Lord of all of our lives. You're Lord of all. And, and see, we, we've got to be focused as a church saying, God, we will lift you up. We will lift up the Lord, not your pastor, not some program, but our Savior. That's what we must do. We worship the Lord with, with focus, with passion. Now, now second thing, if, if, if we're gonna follow through, we will intentionally connect God's truth to our daily lives. That, that, that we will be intentional about taking the truths of God and connecting them to how we live daily. Now, now we say it like this, that, that whenever we, dis, as we're studying the Bible, whenever we discover a belief that we hold that is contrary to the word of God, then we are compelled to change our beliefs to line up with the scripture. Whenever we find a practice in our life, in life that is, that is contrary to the word of God, we are compelled to change our practice and line it up with what God's word says. And I challenge you, if you wanna live the life that is like you're meant to live, that, that we hold one another accountable to make that a priority. That God, we will put your word into practice. That we will believe you above what we think or above what the world tells us. And, and as we work to intentionally connect God's truth to our daily lives, I promise you, we will see the Lord use us in supernatural ways. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more thrilling than being right in the middle of God's will. 
Now, thirdly, if, if we're gonna do this, uh, we're gonna, if we're gonna follow through and continue the work that God has called us to, we will live in genuine biblical community. Now, now this is why today is a big, we're, we're focusing on our groups, our small groups. And, and you may be here, you haven't been invited, you haven't been to Sunday school in a long time, but, but, but we are intentionally focused on our groups because it is through that biblical community that we care for one another, that we see one another, we know one another, and it's not just Sunday school, we have all kinds of groups. Thursday morning, I, I leave Panera Bread, and I had sat with, by, by, by 7.30 in the morning, I had sat with two different groups of men and watched them love on one another, hold one another accountable. Ladies' Bible studies are incredible. We have all these groups going on, students and, and children, and, and it's amazing the groups that are, that are available to you. And I challenge you to make sure that you don't just come to this big room and then look at the back of someone's head, but you understand the blessing of being a part of a group. Last night, my wife and I went to watch OU get slaughtered together. I needed the community, I was sad. You know, I needed the encouragement, even though they made fun of me for wearing all my OU stuff. Going, you're getting beat bad. I took it like a man. It's okay. But, but I'll tell you, we are called to live in community with one another. Don't miss that. Don't miss the blessing of relationships, of knowing one another, having someone that when you walk in the door, that they go, you go, how you doing, fine? No, you're not. Come on. How you doing? How's it going? When we mess up, because we all do, we have a brother going, hey, I'm gonna help you. Get back up. When you go through this trial that is unthinkable, you got an army behind you and in front of you and beside you. We're called the community, and I pray that we see this. And, and, and part of this is, is, is we understand that, that we're not customers here. We're not customers. We're family. It's different. Like, like my daughter, this week, she had a friend over uh, Friday night, and I went to bed, and she was like, can I make cookies? And Robin said, sure. Those usually are disastrous moments in us, in our family. Um, but, you know, we got up the next morning, and the dishes weren't done. Well, guess what? I didn't, we didn't do them for her. We let her wake up and said, hey, guess what? You got some dishes to do. And she embraced the fact that, oh, I, I got work to do here. I'm, I'm part of this family. Yeah, that's us. That's church. We're not customers. We're family. And we're joined together for a mission on a mission and we're not perfect. None of us are. I'm not. I'm not. I'll, I'll do. Just hang around me for ten minutes, and you'll see that I'm flawed. It won't even take you that long. But we're helping one another on this journey. We need community. We need one another. The people around this room, the people connected to this church, we need each other. Third thing, if we're going to follow through, and I love this. We will be engaged together as ambassadors for Christ. We are, we are together called to be ambassadors for Jesus. It's why we do what we do. It's why we have the mission, that we're building the mission 
you may not know about the mission. We, we are engaged together to build a mission that we call the mission, and it's a, it's a, it's a rescue station for people to come every day in our community. You see a lot of people wearing the shirts, the mission. Watch this for this short video. I want you to see what God's doing. Look at this. My uh, story is short but sweet. I was disabled and we needed help on uh, food plus uh, some uh, furniture and such. And the mission uh, came to our rescue and helped us uh, enormously. Make sure and thank you all uh, from the bottom of my heart. My name is Shirley Tucker, and I come to the mission. They have helped me with food. I'm on Social Security, and they've helped me a whole lot, and they've even blessed me with a coat. They have helped me and my husband so much, and we thank them for it, and we ask God to bless the mission and all the people that works and the church. I am thankful for the mission and helping out my son Dwayne and get, providing him uh, food and diapers and wipes and also giving him this red jacket to keep him warm and have the mission provide me what I need for today. When I moved up here in September, I had nothing. We got here in the middle of the night. My son didn't have any clothes to start school with that Monday, nothing. They provided us with clothes, they supplied food, everything we needed. They helped us out a whole lot. And if it wasn't for the mission, I don't know what we'd be doing right now. We'd probably be back on the streets again with nothing. I love everybody up here at the mission. They're amazing people. thankful for the mission and they've helped me out with the food they've gave me the jacket that I'm wearing right now and they have been a blessing I don't know where I'd be without them let me tell you something the needs in our community are so great and God's called us right in the middle, to be right in the middle of it. And I'll, I'll tell you, we're, we're building this. We need your help. We gotta be engaged together to build this mission. We've already bought the land. We're, we're raising the money for the, for the building. It's not big enough. The needs are too great. And it's time to grow that, to 
be engaged as ambassadors for Christ in this community. Now, we're going to end with this. I've got this picture. I want you to see it. You know, if we're going to move forward, we've got to be engaged together as ambassadors for Jesus. This is a picture that hangs in my office. A lot of times people come in and go, man, what's that? You know, kind of dark. Years ago, I was, when I was a youth pastor, I, God had just spoken to my heart on a Wednesday night. God moved among us on a Wednesday night youth service. And, and we were burdened for people. And I, we'd looked at Matthew chapter nine when Jesus was, was uh, looking at the crowds. And this is Matthew 9, 35 through 39, 38 says, when Jesus saw them, he was moved with compassion because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus said to his disciples, look, look, look. In all of our affluence, we sometimes tend to overlook. And we, we talked about, look, God has called us to notice. We've got to notice people. And Josh Burton, this ninth grade kid in my ministry, goes home that night, gets his chalk out. This is a chalk drawing. I want you to see this. He draws it, and if you can get close, you see this this guy. He's got his candle, and it's lit. And he's he's holding it, and if you see all these dark, kind of empty, hollow people behind him. This guy right here, you can see he's, he's holding out a candle, but it's not lit. And he's like, he's holding it out. And this Christian's got it, but, but I want you to notice the light is shining. They notice it. But we didn't, what do you notice about him? His eyes are shut. You can't see him. You see, for us to be a church that says, God, we, we will follow you. We, we will, we, we're not going to stay the same. We're not going to stay where we are. You are calling us forward. One of the prayers I pray for us, that we are a church. As our eyes open to the needs around us, to the people around us. We're called to reach this world for Christ. And today, we get to see 30 plus people coming and saying, Jesus changed my life. But I want you to remember, not all have faith. We're called to be on a mission to love all people to Christ. Equipping them on their journey with God and one another. Join us on that. Let's go do that. And if Jesus comes back, let's let him find us right in the middle of loving a world to Jesus.
equipping one another on our journey with God, equipping one another on our journey with one another. And just think about it. 80 years from now, if Jesus tarries, we may be a faded picture on a banner of people going, God is continuing a work here. And I long for a a pastor someday to stand in the pulpit of our church and go, you know what, it didn't begin with us. But it sure is not gonna end with us. We're gonna have an invitation. And I want you to stand where you are and maybe you need to come to faith in Christ. Maybe you need to come and be baptized today. Maybe you need to come, and I want some of, some of you to come and pray for the mission, for God to provide, for us to build this building and get this done. Some of you need to come and pray for the friends you're praying for because they haven't had faith yet. Maybe you need to come and say, okay, it's time for me to join this church. Our altars are open, and I pray you listen to God's voice today. Lord Jesus, we look to you.